Greetings, Dak and the Nerd Podcast listener. Uh, before we jump into the show, I do want to say one thing. It looks like that you survived Black Friday 2015, and we think uh, you didn't get us anything. So uh, we want to make it easy for you. We only have one thing on our wish list. Well, really two things. It, it's feedback. So how can you get it for us? It's very simple. You can go into our link in iTunes or on our website, That Kind of Nerd, and actually do our podcast survey. Uh, it's only 10 questions. It's complete completely anonymous uh, so we're not going to drag your name into the mud if you give us some bad feedback and we're looking for anything that we can do to make this show better for you if you're not comfortable doing a 10 question quiz the other thing you can do is rate us on stitcher or on itunes there's even a four star review so you don't have to give us five you can just be honest i know we have some new listeners and we definitely want to know what we can do to make this show better for you. So now's the opportunity. Uh, this way we don't have to hunt you down when Christmas comes around asking you for Christmas presents. We already know that you took the survey. So go to thatkindofnerd.com if you don't know where the show notes are and find this episode of the podcast and just go ahead and you'll find the link right there. Thank you so much in advance for your cooperation. And now let's get on to the show. Welcome everybody to the show. I am CJ Mellon, co-founder of That Kind of Nerd. I am Brian Thornton. I, I guess my title will be co-founder as well. I'm Josh Burns, jack of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going to throw in the titles. Confuse me. Oh, okay, well, we don't have to. But listen, it's been a while since we introduced ourselves. Well, it's we've already late. done it. It's, it's too late. Uh, we haven't introduced ourselves in a while. We've I know we got far. some new listeners, so I thought you may want to at least you know know these voices just a little better. Because some of you know us individually and don't know the others, and it's I would like nice to, to I'd like to point out that if you just know your podcast voice, it is not your actual voice. You have this podcast voice. It's very different. I do. No, no. He, oh, he totally yes, does. Do. He goes, oh, yes, I do. Yeah, you know, I was just totally like, welcome, everybody, to that kind of nerd. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like the intro and, and the outro voice, that's definitely fake CJ. <laughs> yes. But like the rest of it is regular CJ. It's about right. The Kung you know, Fu Grip CJ. Normally, I'm recording those like intros and outros at like three in the morning when I'm like, fuck, I didn't record the intro and yeah, outro. I don't, I don't believe you. Like, I believe I believe that before you record those little pieces, you're like putting makeup on and you're doing like your voice warm ups and you're you're atomizing lemon Lion water. face, lemon face, light face, lemon face. <laughs> You're doing the whole thing, the whole. Game Either that, or he's exercise. just got a bottle of bourbon. Just like, thank you, everybody, for listening to that kind of nerd. <laughs> In today's episode, we talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I think that's it. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, this is it. This is your your opportunity to realize this. We're going to talk about a few things, two things actually, really, uh, in this episode, and one of them is uh, Jessica Jones, Woo! season one. If you haven't seen Jessica Jones, you may want to stay around for the first part of the podcast, and then we'll let you know when to turn off because we're going to spoil it. And you listeners, I, I want I want you to be warned. We are going to jump forward, backward, all through this thing. There's going to be. Uh, I'm I'm sure CJ has a few questions he wants to ask, but I I think this conversation is going to be, at the best, very loosely structured. The thing thing that the thing that we want to keep you the thing I want to keep in mind for the listeners that we don't talk to each other about topics in between our life in the podcast. No, no, I don't, no, I don't no, think that's, that's, accurate. that's accurate. It's less that we don't talk and more that there's a fucking gag order. There, there literally <laughs> is like. 
I, I'll be like, hey, Josh, did you watch Jessica? Blah, 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 blah. We can't talk about The that. last time Brian texted me about something uh, that we were going to talk about on a podcast, as soon as I opened the text, I received a fucking shock. <laughs> through, like, through, like, CJ somehow programmed my phone to shock me if I was thinking about responding to a question that we might talk about on a podcast. I'm not allowed to talk about it with anyone. That's That's not even, like, I can't talk about it with anybody. Because my brother, because he's always lurking. Yeah. He's lurking right behind he's you. Like, dude, don't don't share your opinion just yet. It has to be recorded. I like. I went to talk to somebody. I, like at work, I was in another. I was in another state. I was in San Francisco. I, I was spies everywhere of, too. I was out of town, and like I started talking about something Jessica Jones related. Some random stranger tapped me on the shoulder and was like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You can't. I met this. I'm allowed to talk about this. He's like CJ wouldn't like it. I'm like, we're in <laughs> Cincinnati. I really, I really know? wanted to be one day where you're sitting at a bar just talking to somebody, and you start talking about nerdy things, and they go, "Wait a minute, are you are you Josh Burns from the, the that kind of nerd thing?" Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't talk about this. You're just gonna be upset. <laughs> That's yeah, what I someday. want. Someday, someday. Anywho, have so spies everywhere. <laughs> so let's do this. Let's get a conversation that doesn't require you to have already watched a lot of Netflix, and let's talk about something that happened. Captain America: Civil War trailer came out. Oh man! Oh Jesus man. Christ! This thing is intense. Oh man! So uh, let's get some reactions for it. I know Brian had some strong feelings for it, uh, so I, I'm kind of. I think Old Man see. subs up the reaction pretty well. Oh man! That that was the reaction. Oh man! So uh, we have two people uh, that that are catching on to the Vacuum Nerd podcast. Uh, we have uh, Magoo and uh, Khalid, uh, who are a little curious to hear what we have to think about Civil War because it's quite different than the graphic novels and the comics, and um, they're a little perturbed by that. And we think it's okay. Well, having having never really well, if I had read it, it's only in pieces. I've never read the full story, and. Just seeing the preview, I think this is going to be something awesome. And not because they're they're pitting Cap against Iron Man in 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 just the uh in just the the mutant identification sort of other other ends of the the aisle there, right? But they're they're pitting them against each other because of Bucky. Yeah. And that's that's the story that I'm interested in. Now I, I know that that that's probably not canon, right, Brian? No, it's not. Right, but it's still awesome. But but that's the story that I want to see, right? That's the story that the Mall Walkers that we've talked about so many times. That's what they want to see. Is that the? It's not just about this mutant identification act, right? It's 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 more personal. And Tony feels betrayed, and I feel like there should be a Robert Downey Jr. sized hole. And Chris Evans' ass. <laughs> well, there seems to be a, a Chris Evans size hole in Robert Downey Jr.'s heart. That that's that's that thing. He uh at the end of that trailer, I, I nearly teared up because Cap is like, Oh, I wouldn't do this if I didn't have a choice. You know, he's my friend, and, and Tony just looks at him and goes, so, I thought I was your friend. So was I, he says. Right. And I was that like, was it. Oh that was God. it for me. Yep. I just lost it. Like, I I I think this is gonna be amazing. I, that's the betrayal. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No. That's and that's, that's everything. Great. I I think the uh, the the sides like in the comic book story. You if you read the comic book story, Tony Stark is kind of a dick, and everybody sides with Cap. Everybody. Right. Well, right. But in the comic books, Tony Stark is a dick. The the thing is that it's 
and Tony Stark in the movies is a dick, but you gotta love Robert Downey. Yeah, Jr. but but this and, is the thing, and that's the thing is that he humanizes Tony Stark so much that it makes sense. I watched that trailer for, for everyone not to join Cap. Yeah, I watched that trailer and I was like, oh, I don't know, Cap's kind of in the wrong here, though. <laughs> Like, right. was like that's, so, so, that's so against the story that that's what's hilarious and amazing about what Marvel's done with this with this series, right? They made Iron Man into something he never was. Yeah. No, I I'm so excited and just the you know there there was a lot of really cool glimpses. You got to see Thunderbolt Ross and, and his role in the in the trailer. You got to see Black Panther. You got to see Black Panther. Got to see Black, Black Panther, Panther in the trailer. Badass. Badass, and, and that scene, that just that very last scene with Bucky and Cap beating on Iron Man and like tossing the shield back and forth. That was awesome. So right? awesome. Like that. This that is gonna part be, is is perhaps the coolest part of that entire trailer. This is going to be a superpowered. Well, beat down. it's this is this is going to be this is going to be. I think when all is said and done, the best of all the Marvel movies. This is going to be it. I really think. I, I definitely would agree with you there. Because Captain America Two is definitely one of my top top three. The Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier was was, was great. I just when you think about what started it all was Iron Man, and that is still an amazing movie. It stands up to all the other Marvel movies. Avengers was great. Age of Ultron was great. Both the Cat movies were great. Now, all these movies are good. They all fit right. But when you see the build up, they're giving this movie. This has all the hype that you would expect, but probably a better story than we've seen yet yeah and that's the part i think is the most interesting you know avengers was probably one of the most anticipated marvel movies that we've had it it is but you know i prefer guardians of the galaxy to avengers and and the reason for that i think is the story is a little stronger in story is strong in that so we're seeing a strong story with a huge cast uh i think it's going to be great and i think it's also going to give some relatively unknown characters in the Malva universe a bigger spotlight uh and i think it sounds like you said Mulva. i was about to say, you say you said marvel marvel i heard Mulva. <laughs> there was oh, definitely okay. a somewhere in you know you could have just let it go and no one would have said shit no i heard i heard Mulva. anyway the marvel universe and i'm really excited to see maybe some unknown superheroes kind of get the the light that they deserve what unknown superhero do you want that needs the light how many people really know Black Panther besides the, the three of besides us? Besides him, he's going to get a his own A lot of people know Black Panther. <laughs> How many people knew Ant-Man before everything got started? Why you got to bring that up? Josh is going to go on a A tiring. lot of people know Ant-Man. A lot of people don't know Ant-Man. That's not true. Don't spit That's on my not, cupcake and, and tell me it's frosting. That's not happening. Especially when you, you use that. when you consider the people that have watched Avengers, like Earth's Mightiest Heroes. They That's how I got to know Ant-Man. Was through uh, a cartoon that my son watched. Oh, so you know how? No, have no idea. He's a wife beater. <laughs> no, but all I, I like, I knew Hank Pym right from there. I didn't know anything about Scott Lang, and then we saw the movie. And my son is very—he gets very particular. He—he's got a—we got him a Lego set. Somebody did for his birthday that has both Hank Pym and Scott Lang. And he gets very angry, and people don't identify them correctly. <laughs> <laughs> that's because no, his last no, name is Burns. That's that's. That's Scott Lang, not Hank Pym. Hank Pym was the first Ant-Man. Your he son is very, awesome. He really is, isn't he? Isn't he the greatest? <laughs> he really <So>, is. <laughs> yeah. So, but but that's like, I know Ant-Man because Christian introduced me to Ant-Man. So, CJ, I can tell you 
that there's a lot of folks out there because it's not like Christian's the only seven-year-old that are ever to stumble upon Earth's Mightiest Heroes. It's on Netflix. A lot of people have seen it. Ant-Man's an incredibly popular character, fits in to the universe just right. There's a lot of good stuff going on. I think Civil War is going to be the biggest thing they do, and I'll be shocked. And I know that Infinity War Parts 1 and 2 will be the end of this whole sort of series, but I'll be I would be shocked if they can eclipse what I think this film will do. So the other question I have then is what do you say to people that are going to kind of get upset that this is different than the 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 graphic novel like the use of Spider-Man Every, is going to be pretty low in this movie if if everything's if I different think about it. Everything's different in in the fact that from the Marvel Cinematic Universe Iron Man is looked upon as a leader and really never was not in the books. N- yeah, not until recently. Right. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe has set Tony Stark up to be a leader, even though he never was, because Robert Downey Jr. is the best of all of them. And then you have this challenge. It, it, it's not, and it's not a challenge. No one, no one has ever in the in the comic universe would ever challenge Captain America as the, the clear leader of the Avengers. But in the cinematic universe. Obviously, there's a challenge there. So, I mean, so what do you say, though, to those people who who are not upset, but the people who just are groaning about the fact that this is drastically different than the the comic book series? You have to remember that this movie universe that they've built up is completely different from the comic book universe that was established for 60 odd years before that yep. civil war story and you a you don't have as many heroes b you don't have as many secret identities the the big thing about the civil war comic book story was not just registration but a lot of it was secret identity and, and privacy and with the handful of heroes that you have in this universe none of them have a secret identity but don't you think that's a topic that is more relevant to what's going on in the world and current events right now well, than uh, anything else Marvel's no, done? No, I don't. I don't. I don't want to draw. No, I don't want to draw parallels. To, L- listen, to the Marvel events. universe. I, I want to has- say that what Brian's saying though about about uh, superhero anonymity, the the only place that really exists in the current Marvel universe is in Spider Man. Exactly. So, it, you know, I, I think that we should see. I'm hoping that we see at least some Spider-Man involvement with Civil War because that was a the only way to tie together the feud that they're creating emotionally between Cap and Iron Man to the mutant identification. What's it called, Brian? It's called the Superhuman Registration Act. Superhuman Registration Act. The only way to connect the emotional movie they're making with canon is Spider-Man. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. Right. So let's like let's let's hope that he becomes the connection that draws us back into canon at least somewhat, and then we see more of the new Spider-Man before we get a Spider-Man movie. I think so. He, th- I think you will. I, I read a bunch of stuff saying that he's filmed not just like some scenes, you know, of him being Peter Parker. He's apparently filmed the scene that people speculate of him fighting Captain America. So I think he's going to be pretty big in this. I th- I think I read somewhere that he's getting that he's got paid over forty million dollars to be in Civil War. So I'm into anticip- you got you got paid over forty million dollars. I wish I was, but this is and I'm, I'm talking about Tom Holland. He's the third actor to be cast Spider Man in ten years. 
So, I mean, the turnover rate for being Spidey is pretty damn high. I, I think I think if you're measuring the turnover rate of people being Spider-Man versus the amount of actors cast by Marvel to be <laughs> Spider-Man. That's true. You would, you would find your fail ratio pretty, you know what I mean? <laughs> It'd be pretty good. But it lines up pretty well, yeah. So, I mean, what do you get? I mean, I'm just speculating for this part because I love Spider-Man and, you know, we're not going to see a whole new, or I mean, they're not going to do an entire reboot no, of we, Origin. What are you going to see? All, we all love Spider-Man. I, I hope that they show us a young Spider-Man who is... My my only problem with the, the spider the Spider Man characters we've seen so far is they go overboard in the flawed and they don't do enough of the fun loving mm-hmm. and and Andrew Garfield got close right but he was still probably a little bit more flawed than we need to see for what for where the Marvel story is right now Brian no I agree with you um, he, he the, the the big part about Spidey is that he's the everyman. He he can he has fun. He, he he's he's just a kid at the end of the day. He's, he's not burdened like these other right. superheroes are. And, and, right. and those few things that do burden him, he uses as motivation. You know, Uncle right. Ben's but death. But he, he Gwen flips Stacey's him off. Death. He finds a way to he finds a way to make him light. Right. You know, so right. The thing about Spider Man, really Spider Man, not what we've we've seen from Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield, but the, <clears> like what we've seen from Spider Man in comics and cartoons is that he always can find the, the, the part of the thing that's funny. Yeah. Right. Not, not like the Joker, right. But he, he does find a way even to spin some serious things dark into funny. And it's, it's almost the the appeal of Deadpool in in the same way. Well, that's why they work so well together. Spider-Man Spider-Man's obviously the innocent side of that. Right, yes, exactly, yeah. yes, yes. But, like, Spider-Man is is the Batman you'd want to see if Batman wasn't so damn damaged because his parents died in front of him <laughs> in an alley, right? So, like, that's and, – and Spider-Man's parents died, and we know that, but, you know, he had Uncle Ben, and he was loved, and then he's got that responsibility. So we, we get all that. But he still has the ability to laugh and and be a kid, and that's what I hope we see – in this Spider-Man that they've they just cast. I think you will. I, everything I'm reading seems very lighthearted, seems very, very fun. But, you know, in this movie, when he does show up in Civil War, he's going to have a pretty big choice to make as to whose side he's going to eventually end up on. So we'll see. So, so did the trailer leave you upset or wanting or have any kind of negative connotation with something the- that you felt that was missing from it? I actually threw uh, my credit card at my <laughs> my laptop screen. So take my I, money, I do it. Take my money now. <laughs> uh, and I, I need yeah. this is a movie that I would see in a crowded theater. Yes. So we will midnight showing. All three of us. Will. Oh, oh, it's happening. CJ will be in his <laughs> Spider Man hoodie. I'll be in my Spider Man T shirt, and we will we will go. I'm all for it. Uh, if you said it, you said it. It's happening. If there is one container of outside food, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, no, you understand yeah, what I I'm saying. What you're I, saying. There, I, you're, I will not sit with people who bring outside. That's food. That's fine. I'll, I'll pack lunch. It's fine. And CJ, I'm going to tweet the whole time. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare! And you're going to have to deal with it. You go sit That's in the, the back of the of theater. Getting me. You nope. go sit in the back of the theater. I'm going to sit next to you, seats. in between you and Brian, no. and nope. I'm going with. You will turn the brightness, brightness all the way up. <laughs> Yep, and you're going to have to deal with it because you got me to show up at a midnight I'm going to give $20 to the person in front of you to $20. break your phone. Hey, CJ, 
when you like if you would would say to somebody just some rando right in the theater you would tap him on the shoulder and say hey I'll give you 20 bucks if you take something from this guy and they look back at me and I and I look at them what do you think their reaction I have to find the guy you? who's bigger than you good luck I, mean, good, I gotta guess find good Luke luck. Cage. I just gotta find Luke Cage is all you gotta do you look you find a guy bigger than me in that theater I probably know him <laughs> that's probably true right so I think you're screwed. As a matter of fact, I'll probably get that guy to take your phone and I'll hold them both at full brightness <laughs> while we watch this movie. But, you know, I mean, press your luck, I guess. Personal hell. All right. Uh, well, we've reached the, the part of the conversation where uh, I need to say, if you haven't watched all of uh, Marvel's Jessica Jones, uh, it is time to turn off. It's been a pleasure uh, you listening to the Avengers side of the not the turn Dark off. Thunder just podcast. pause until later. Well, date. you don't you don't have to turn off. Look, look, just just pause it and watch thirteen hours of Netflix <laughs> and then come back and then and then come right it's back. Really not We're that here. hard. Well, hey, I don't understand hey guys, why people make a big deal out of this. Hey, listen, we'll still be here. We'll be here waiting for you to come back. Come on back. It'll be great. All right. So uh, so let's 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 do this. Um, Holy Let's shit. Do this. Let us do this. This show is great. And I think you guys I'll have been you, drinking as much as Jessica excited, Jones has. I'll tell you how excited I was about the conversation about Jessica Jones is I watched the first five episodes of Jessica Jones today. Nice. Again. Right? Because it's Black Friday and all I had to do was, you know, visit a few stores and work a little bit. And then I got to put it on his background while I did like all my expenses and like waited for Laura to come home from baking cookies and things like mm, that. Cookies. So I'm like, I'm, Wait, are I'm you gonna out, finish are you outsourcing your cookie making to another facility? No, it's a it's a Black Friday, it's a Thanksgiving tradition. Uh Laura and her sister go to her wait, wait, wait. parents' house and they just what I'm hearing is that if I come to your house right now, there will be cookies. There will be cookies. All right, there I'm are coming yes, to your house. There will be cookies. Here's what happens though: is it's the 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 Paul women. What they do, they get together the day after Thanksgiving. They they bake they bake umpteen dozens of cookies in which they immediately bag and freeze. Like no one's allowed to have any deliciousness. They're all going in the freezer. You know why? Because because they're for people who are better than family. <laughs> they're for <laughs> the I'm guests. coming over. They're, right, they're, mine. Right. they're for you. They're for when you come over. They they defrost. They thaw out all these delicious cookies, and then all of us who who are you know the men of the family were like, oh, we finally get the cookies, and they're like, no, they're for the guests. Don't touch the cookies. <laughs> until it's like the everyone soap is in the left. bathroom. You're not allowed to it's use. It's the worst thing ever. So yeah, you can come over and get delicious cookies, but none of the men are allowed. to I'm going to come them. over. I'm going to eat cookies, and I'm going to talk to Christian about the difference between Hank Pym and Scott Lang. <laughs> and you you should, and he will talk your ear off. So let me say this. Laura uh, had not watched it. She started watching yesterday. She's watched the first four episodes. Uh, her initial reaction, she watched the first episode last night, and this morning she had already left uh, the house while I was at work, and then she left, and then by the time we talked, she says, this guy is terrifying. Yeah, like, I can't imagine – a more terrifying supervillain than this guy. And Jen, Jenny is in the same path. She's about episode five into it. She just keeps falling asleep every time we turn it on. And all she keeps going is, you're ruining David Tennant. You're ruining David Tennant. You know what? Forget about forget about the actor for a moment. That character is fucking creepy. Think about the character. And I, I when I start, I watched the first few episodes and I said, I said to you, Brian, this is horrifying. Yep. It really was. It's, it is scary, scary TV. Yeah. 
And I mean, they they wrote the story incredibly well. I, I'll say there's a bit more there's a bit more sex in it than I care to see. I'll after just, you get done after episode like past three, four, after like past four? episode four, it kind of. I'm, I know. Down. I'm just saying there's there's probably a bit more sex. It's gratuitous in in the beginning, and once you get past that and they get to the actual story, it's unbelievably good. I just uh, just the end of that first episode with the little blonde girl as she pulls out the gun saying "smile." Oh my god. And then, and then, and then, when hooked. the door opens, is she still squeezing the trigger? Yep. Ugh. Oh my gosh! So yeah, I was so so happy. Uh, I wrote a review on the website. You all can go read it if you'd like at thatkindofnerd.com. Um, I thought this show was fantastic. I thought they nailed everything completely, like the way everything in the comic book is, and more importantly, it's different. It's different from anything you've ever seen in a, in a Marvel production. Yeah, this is the thing that I really liked about it was that Jessica Jones is really just a person with superpowers. She doesn't have a, a, a secret agenda or identity. She doesn't have a higher purpose. She doesn't have some terrible tragedy that is making her fly around in tights. I mean, she's just a, a PI with strength. She's and, just and trying to make something of her life after a huge well, tragedy. I mean, it, she kind of... No, it's not all like she got bit. She didn't get bitten by the spider. And then no, watch but like her all uncle those die. things you said, like she she does have this horrible tragedy. But what it's it's doing sort of the opposite that you've ever seen in in a superhero show, right? Instead of inspiring her to be a hero, it's making her hide, right? right. And, and she just wants to run away. The, the right. moment she finds that girl and realizes what's going on, she's like, I'm on the next plane to get the F out of here. To to Japan. Yep. I'm out. She She's trying to escape it. And it's different from anything else. You have Daredevil, who's just like, I want to protect my city. Iron Man, Cap, you know, they they're all have this higher calling. She does not have that. I, I love the line where she's with the detective and she says, I'm just trying to make a goddamn living in this goddamn well, city. That's, but that's but that's like episode three. So back up right to episode one, because I think that what this show did that other shows have not in episode one is they gave you this horrible like reality. Right. Like this is most shows they tease you with what's coming. They 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 tease the the villain. They tease what what could possibly happen down the road. This show at the end of the first episode where you feel good. Ruins you it. feel good. Ruins all right. Of it. Yeah, that's true. She has done her job. She's 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 overcome this horrible, horrible villain. She's one, right? It's like watching the goddamn departed. <laughs> he's 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 taking the guy into custody. Right. Right? And he's dead. He's dead. Well, spoiler alert for the departed, but shame on you if you haven't seen it. So you don't really you know what? If you haven't seen the departed, stop listening to me talk. You don't deserve it. <laughs> There's with this show, and Brian, if you didn't feel the same way, I would be shocked. I was cheering, right? She she overcame it. She rescued the girl. She yeah. rescued the she rescued the girl, right? Got her got her with her family, reunited, everything's good. And then the door's closing, she pulls out the gun and you're like, "No, no, 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 no." Yep, right? 
it's all snatched away with you. In that first episode, you feel so... And your heart is broken. Exactly. And then you know exactly how Jessica feels. That's the best part about it, is that, like, the entire series, she's holding off on killing this villain because she wants to save this girl. And you want her to save this girl in the worst way. She's, like, the most innocent person you've ever seen. And you understand her motivation. You want her to win in the worst way. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. And you feel for her every time. It, it's it's so good. And and David Tennant is act, literally terrifying. Just over the over the phone, you just get this like these goosebumps. That, that jazz episode guy. episode four, whatever, where he calls into the radio show. Yes. Yep. And you're like, oh my god, I can't. My my brain's infected by this evil genius. It, it's insane. He's he is he is terribly good. And when you start getting him having more and more dialogue in the later episodes, he does bring a bit a bit of of the tenth doctor, right? The way he throws his hand to hands into his pockets, the way he says, "Well, you know," the his his breaks in his speech, and he does, you know, even though he's dialoguing with another character, it seems more it, like a like a like do, like a doctor model. It's funny right? that you say that because I said to CJ before he stopped me from talking because of the embargo. I said this is this is David Tennant if he got cast as the master, like this this is him. Oh wow! Right, like I could imagine him doing this in that role. And he's just creepy. He, he And it's not even that he's just creepy. Like, you get into those later episodes, and you start to feel for him. And you're like... You actually like him. Why do I like you're this like, guy? Why Am do I, I like this controlled? person? Like, the- What's happening? Is he in my head right now? <laughs> yeah, like, after he buys her house. He buys... And you know, like, not only does he buy the house, but he, he, goes, he goes to buy the house. And the man answers the door, and he makes the offer... And the guy says no, and he he starts he starts. Yep, he goes to, to control, control his mind, and then he and then he stops, and he goes, you know what? And he offers him double. He offers him one point two million dollars for a six hundred thousand dollars house. He and he he makes sure every step of the way that the man is comfortable making the decision to sell his family home, right? And then he Jesus he redoes the entire house. Based on old photographs that Jessica had from, you know, from her accident, from the police photographs, all this stuff. And then and then when he brings her to the house, he takes all these measures to get her in the house that makes sure she's choosing. He's not going to control her. Now, I will say, you know, saying that these two people are going to kill themselves, that's... (laughs) That's a little manipulative there. Um, now, you know, frankly, they could die, right? And she could sacrifice two people, but then he would just get two others, and then it's an, a, a never-ending string of people dying. She operates within these confines, still oblivious that she can. She's 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 Immune, not going to be controlled, right. right? This and this is maybe the best part of his whole character is that he's known this the whole whole time time, right yeah but he still did things and that's what that's what gets you is that he knows he can't control her but he chooses not to control others right Right. he he, he chose not to control the guy to get the house right 
Well, I I agree. It's it's a part where what? you're like, oh, what a noble guy. But then the fact that the fact that yeah. he doesn't tell Jessica, the fact that it, he still hides the fact. No, no, I get it. I just her. I just wonder. I just wonder. So he was manipulating her either way, right? Right. He, except he, that's the point I was getting at. He knew he couldn't control her. She didn't, right? right. But but he still he he didn't manipulate that first guy. He, to get great. the house. As she said, this is not a, no, no, this no, is not a no. scales. This I, is not no, balance things out. Saving one life scale. does not I get just, another. I just have to wonder, like, why that act of goodness, if not... Because he, he wanted to start. He had to practice on somebody. I know I you want to think, think so. it's a noble thing. He had to practice. I don't, I don't and, think and he had he to know, practice. Yeah, I think he, he had to practice. Brian, can, can I get... Can no, I, get I don't think he here? had to practice. I think he's he's... He's motivated by some misguided love that he wants Jessica Jones back in his life and he wants to do it legitimately. Right. So, you know, instead of controlling somebody to buy the house, he's just going to buy it and, and make sure the guy is okay with it and then control everything else about it. But, but, you know, the quote unquote manipulation to get her there, it's all like misguided love. He, he, he. He's not used to not getting what he wants. He wants like Jessica. a child. He's a child. He wants yeah. Jessica, and he wants her the best way possible. So he's going to do whatever he needs to. He, there's no. I don't think he he saw that as a noble act at all. I think he the, saw that as a means to an end. The thing that got me, the moment where I I actually was like, I think I like Kilgrave a little, was when he goes, "You don't know what it's like to have to choose your words." So carefully, I yep. told a man to go screw himself off. Can you imagine what happened? Yeah, right. And like, oh shit! Like, dude, I, I, I even just in the last ten minutes, I, I said something that if I had these powers would have right. been weird. You know, uh, that was the moment where I fell for him a little bit. But I mean, every time he did something noble after Jessica said that scales thing, I just instantly said, ah, well, it doesn't fucking matter. Scales. My my default like my default response to people when I hear something that I don't like is go eat your own cakes. So <laughs> imagine if I had those powers, how many people would be eating urinal cakes? That's that's terrifying and kind of gross. My uh, uh my the thing that I I like too was after he got his powers enhanced, and he's like, shut up and go stand by that fence forever, dude. <laughs> I actually said that I was talking about the show to somebody today, and I said. You know, we were talking about how horrifying it is. And I said, can you imagine? Now, you go over there, face that fence, and stand there forever. And I thought, that guy can't ever move. Like, Because <laughs> like, they showed him later. He peed himself. When, no, when like, they I... flash back to that guy, you know, pissing himself and yep. standing there shaking, I thought, he's never going to leave that place. Yep. Somebody needs to fix this. <laughs> it's like two two of you walked to that little nightclub place, and none of you saw the guy just standing at the fence. I was just like I, I was thoroughly horrified by this by this power. Yeah. I mean, I, I went to bed thinking about it a lot of nights because it's terrifying that anybody could ever have that much power over someone. It, else. It's it's intense. I think that the moment that I started being like, "Wow, this is insane," was when he tells. Uh, Trish to put a bullet in her head and the gun is empty yeah. and she, she keeps on trying to shove a bullet through her forehead with her fingers Yeah, and it's just like oh my god that is that is terrifying that, this, that you don't have control when, over that it's sort of it's it's sort of episodes it's more like episode 6 through 10 mm -hmm. where you really start to see his power right yeah yep and it, it's oh like Brian said it's it's absolutely horrifying and 
that just the little things you wouldn't think about, these little commands that people essentially execute on his behalf. And I've never, I didn't, I never read anything about the purple man in comics. So you're, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't a big daredevil reader. I do know that in, in the comic books, Daredevil's the only one who has the will to resist his mind control, sort of. But they they set it up in this show like it's a virus. Virus, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know, Brian, if – I don't know anything about the Purple Man other than what I've read since then on, you know, Marvel – you know, on Wiki, on the Marvel Wiki, things like that. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you talk a little bit about the Purple Man if – you have the knowledge. I mean, the the only amount of knowledge I really have is that he he really started out in Daredevil. He is um, a, a not an experiment. He was involved in some sort of accident that gave him these powers and and turned his skin purple. But everything that I've read, like I, I don't see any any indication that it's like a virus um, or anything like that. It's just kind of just mind manipulation that he got from this accident. Um, so, I mean, that, that was new, but it was kind of a really cool way to explain it and, and, and kind of, uh, give them like this kind of false hope that, oh, maybe I can make an antidote. Wait, no, I can't. This, this, the, the, um, the thing I think of the show, other than being horrified by his power, the thing that probably moved me the most was the video of the child being experimented on yeah, and, and, and watching that whole, that whole process happening and just, you know, obviously when you see a child in pain as an adult, your reaction is, is one of either pity or despair or, or whatever. Uh, you just want to help the child. But seeing that, I, I thought, I thought that scene, those scenes pushed a lot of boundaries and, at least i thought they were pretty dead and the worst part about that too is that you know you had that urge to be like oh man child in pain that you know I, what can i do to that's the parents doing that right like that's the part that just like drives a stake into your heart at that point it's just like what the fuck are you doing okay so i, right, I have but, a little light to shed on his on his powers thanks to please. my marvel encyclopedia <laughs> Yes, which I they have thought one. you were buying for a child. Uh, so I, I was I was reading this when I read that when I was doing the review, but I, I didn't uh, go f- too much into this. So the way they describe it is that Kilgrave's body secretes psychoactive chemicals that deaden the will of people in his vicinity, rendering them suspe- susceptible to his commands. So it is kind of like a virus the way they that right. they do it. It's just the, whoever's near him is susceptible to his commands. Right, right, but in 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 the. Uh Eventually in the comic, he was anyone who he was initially exposed to. So if he had been in a place with you at some point in time, he could influence you regardless of your location. Is that correct? I think – I mean I think so because you're carrying right. like that pathogen. Th- right. That's And that's sort of how I read it when I studied up on him in, in on, on the wiki is that um, anyone who had been initially exposed to him – sort of carried this marker, you know, let's just call it like an earwig, where when you hear it, then you respond to it. Um, and I'm kind of, is this the Blair Witch Project? <laughs> I was really, really confused. Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Keep going. <laughs> so, look, there's actually... Uh, it's so dumb. There's, wait, if you look behind CJ right now, there's the cupboard under the stair. <laughs> it's Harry Potter's in there, and you don't know it. 
I'm so scared right now. I'm so, I, I had to move. I'm sorry. I was being I'm a little just, loud. If and you I wait a moment, I'll, I'll figure out a way to make like tears and snot drip from my face <laughs> at the same time. This is really great for an audio show, by the way. Okay. Look, I'm not the one that chose. For the viewer, through. in the middle of our discussion, CJ decided to move his computer from one room to the other, and it looked like None he was running from a monster. None of this is my problem, CJ. I want to make sure that that's very clear. You're the one that chose to walk through a cave and a dungeon <laughs> or whatever uh, scenario you just – There was a, All you had to do was just be quiet and let it happen. And no, no dude, because when you ended up in the room you ended up in, there was a cupboard under the stair, <laughs> and now I'm concerned – that the Dursleys are holding Harry Potter in your apartment. Well, there was a letter that came in via owl. Am I not supposed to? Look, if you if you disregard that letter, you're going to have a bad time. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, anyway, back to Jessica Jones. If you yes. saw him, you had the marker. Back to Jessica Jones. Yes. This <laughs> this whole scenario is terrifying, and you have. I I don't I don't know. The thought process in having all of the characters react to it in different ways, right? But you have Jessica who is oblivious to his commands and then you have Trish who is just going to ignore everything that Jessica says and pursue it in her own way. You've got this guy, Will Simpson, who, uh, you know, as far as everything that I've read or speculated on the internet is that he's actually this Marvel character, Frank Simpson, who takes these pills and... Is a super villain called warrior Nuke. guy. They call him Nuke, right? Uh, Nuke, uh, who is a, uh, a, a project of of Weapon Plus, basically one of the one of the we- you know like you know Weapon. Same X, thing that, that gave thing. Wolverine his his adamantium. He right. was you know what what was Nuke like Weapon Seven or Weapon Thirteen? He was or- he was a failed experiment to try and recreate Captain America. Right, but a lot of them were failed. Like right at this point, they're up. They're up over weapon fifteen. Right, and pretty much all of them failed. Pretty much, right. So he's he's one of those uh, in in the comic book world. We don't know yet what he's going to be in the Marvel Netflix universe. But what I think is very very cool is we've already got a show uh, based in Hell's Kitchen. Now we have a second one. And we've got Luke Cage, who could have his own show. He will have his own show next year. Right, very easily. And we've got Daredevil coming back. And there's got to be Jessica Jones crossover. So we've got this whole Hell's Kitchen thing happening. They've already made multiple. In Daredevil, they made a reference to the incident, right? So they made reference to the Avengers. There were multiple references. A whole section of an episode uh, multiple sections of an episode devoted to the incident in Jessica Jones as well. Right. Um, I, I mean, this is coming together incredibly well, boys. See, the thing that I, I wanted, and, and I had talked about this with Brian, and then the embargo came back even on my side, so even I am not immune to the rules, was that it really would have been freaking badass if at the end of Jessica Jones, at the last season, because we think that the, the whole part with Jerry in the cell, I mean, in the interrogation room saying, I have a room full of cops that will swear to this, and you know, you're yeah. not getting anywhere, would have been awesome if she came back to her apartment, she went to turn on the lights, no lights, Turn, you know, sees the chairs turned around, and there's Matt Murdock going. I heard you need a new lawyer. Yeah, and Matt I, Murdock shows up. I, I think he's her. Lawyer I think it was total missed opportunity not having Matt show up in that last episode. 
I think, I mean, I think. Really? Yeah, I think yeah. it would have been better. So, you know, that the, the entire last scene, and Jerry's talking to the DA, and they're talking about the fact that she killed the guy. There's no, no, no word around, uh, spoilers, she kills Kilgrave at the end. And they're like, I, you know, we have a dead guy. She killed him. Like, we're going to charge her. And she's just, Jerry comes in and says, I have a dock full of witnesses saying that they were mind controlled and that this is just a whole, a whole proponent of that mind control. And it's a lot of stuff that any lawyer could have said. I would have loved to see Matt Murdock be in that role. Cause in the comic book, Matt Murdock is her lawyer. And, and, you know, you had night nurse coming in saying, Oh, well, you know, let me know if you need him. He'll probably help you. Well, like, there you go. She needs a lawyer. Yeah. Give, she, give her a lawyer. At that point, Jerry is irredeemable as far as Jessica Jones is concerned. She she betrayed Jessica to try and get her way to get her bitch of a ex-wife to sign the, the divorce papers. Well, that's just mean. I, I mean, you're – A – you're putting a lot of blame on the ex-wife. That's on the wrong I person. I hated that character. <laughs> it's on the well. You're <laughs> you're putting the blame on the wrong person. There. Oh no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying. I'm just saying I hated that character. I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of Jerry either. Well, you're. I still feel like I don't think you're getting it. <laughs> no, like you're. You're actually supposed to feel for that character and disdain Jerry Hogarth. Uh, no, 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 that is that is how that Brian, works. I understand how I'm supposed to feel. Like, she's in it. She's the innocent party. Listen, I she, hated her. Jerry's the cheater. Jerry's the person who was dishonest. Listen. Jerry's the person who was lying. Because hold on, they said no. Maybe you have dirt on her. No, I don't have any dirt on her. Why? Because she's a good person. Listen, I, you I get it. And Jerry's a and Jerry's not. I, hold on, I get it. But you pointed out that and I, and I i saw that character and i was like i hate this person i don't know why but i hate what are you talking about? i hate on. the person who plays the ex-wife and, and i don't know why and then cj brought it to light when he said oh hey it's the chick from deadwood and i'm like i freaking hate that chick from deadwood. no jane hey, cannery yeah, is amazing too so i mean come on you haven't watched enough deadwood my friend and now you've exposed yourself <laughs> and now you're caught in a web of lies so, uh, we didn't talk about uh, Luke Cage that much. I mean, let's great talk casting. about Luke Cage and how perfectly cast he is because this guy is fantastic. I think, I th- I think this was a perfect platform to introduce him on because I don't think having a Netflix show all about him would have just without any prior inter- introduction would have gone very well. But this was just like here he is in an episode or two or three, and he is badass. Made me excited he, for his show. He is badass, but I'm still not convinced he can carry a show. We'll see. I mean, it depends on how much crossover he has with other things that because he's close to Daredevil. He's obviously he gets married to Jessica Jones in the comic book. Look, he's gonna have he's gonna need to have the amount of crossover that Flash had with Arrow to take off. I mean, and that's fine if that's what yeah, it and takes. Then, and then in that case, though, you know, Flash is superior to Arrow in my book. At the well, at the end of the a, day, dumb and be dumb. At the end of the day, <laughs> Netflix took. I mean, let's face it. Jessica Jones is a underrated character. Nobody knows this person. Not underrated. I'd never C- heard of she her. is C- a C minus character. <laughs> and even for comic book fans like myself, she is just a person. And they made a show, and it was fantastic and on the edge of your seat. And they can do the same with Luke Cage. Let's let's talk about so 
It was. It was. I mean, every episode was fantastic. Every episode had you on the edge of your seat. And Kristen Ritter isn't good. I thought she, no, she's No, I don't not, like her in, in anything else. No, really. she's not. No, no. She's not good in this either, CJ. I thought she was she's fine not good. in this. No, no, no. She, like, she's fine. She's, eh, she's whatever. Like, she's not a good actress, though. And this show is unbelievably good, despite Kristen Ritter. I, I... I think you're you're selling Kristen Ritter you're, short. You no, you need to back up a claim with something that makes me say that she was bad in this show. How was <coughs> she bad I mean, in this show? Just she's just not a very good actress. I don't like. I don't know how else to. She's it's like she's only got one look. You know what I mean? She's she got only a blue steel. That's all she's got. I think you need to watch. Um, she was in Veronica Mars, which no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to. But my point show. is like she's a completely different character in it. I, I so I've seen yeah, her do other things. That's that's fine, but like everything that you've seen Kristen Ritter in, everything, including Breaking Bad, the movie she's been in, this is basically her character. This is all she's got. Like in her whole box of tricks, this is it. And she doesn't do she doesn't do hesitant hero well. She she just sort of pouty, bitchy, sarcastic girl who doesn't really evoke any feeling. You you feel for the character because of everything she's been through and you feel for the story because what you see all of the other characters build around her. But as an actress, she doesn't particularly uh, make me feel anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you, disagree with you and I'm, we'll just leave it at that. I do want to – Disagree all you want. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to be wrong. I think we should okay. now start counting the amount of times we're going to say at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, right, I think said it's it a couple times. So far. Did you finish that whole bottle of Seagram 7 there? Uh, it's almost done. Good for you. Can we talk about someone who actually surprised me? Someone I didn't think would actually be, I would even care about watching? Malcolm. Rosario Dawson? Uh, no, Malcolm. The character he was, Malcolm. Uh, yeah, he was in. Uh, he was in one of the Spartacus shows. I, I, I didn't. Oh I'm my gosh, his, he was. I'm yeah. looking at his IMDb page, and his big yeah. claims to fame are Power Rangers he RPM. Was, he was. He was the young. The young boy lover. That, that the guy. The, the one gladiator is banging. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, and he was very good in that show. I thought uh, he's actually. A, He's actually a really good actor. Yeah. And the the character was excellent and his devotion to Jessica is unbelievable right up until it's broken. But it makes and sense. I thought, yeah, every no, I, I loved I know, his arc I, the best. I thought, I thought that watching him choose to walk away was an especially poignant moment in this in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean that that the point is this this character, Jessica, is, is she does nothing to endear herself to anybody or have no, anybody she's, she's rally. She's really not worthy of anybody's love. She's not. And Malcolm just follows her blindly forever because of the cause. He wants to better the cause. And then there's that moment where he's not getting anything out of it. He's fixed himself. He needs to move on with his life. I think the, the part that made him do that, the part that made him just throw in the towel, was after the support group. You know, well, I, let's... And and I agree with you, but I actually want to rewind for a minute to one of the earlier episodes where you've got the the twins that you know she they they come they see her she the the chick 
calls her a cougar, says, stay away from my brother. And then she says, you've got no one, so you pick apart the lives of people around you. Right? You're not all that. And then they're getting in the elevator, and Jessica says, you're a very perceptive asshole. <laughs> and I thought – Yes. I actually, I laughed very hard because I thought that is an amazingly well-written exchange. Right. Right of of and not only that, but Jessica admitting, yeah, come, knowing her really own shortcoming has no redeeming qualities, and I, I maybe that's why Kristen Ritter's good for the role because the no redeeming qualities. But there's it it makes it believable. Like you you really don't, and I want to be clear to everyone listening: you really don't like this. You're character. not supposed the whole, to. The whole time you're watching this show, your least favorite person is Jessica Jones. Right, because we've been conditioned really to see superheroes in one light. No, you're right, but that's what makes this brilliant. Right, that's what's the best part about it is that you you, you do one of two things. You go, God damn, I really – I feel so bad for that character and I really pity her and I really want life to get better for her. Just like we talked about at the end of episode one. Right, you like she can't get any worse. I'm so glad at least something worked out for her. You're thrilled that it, she's winning, right? Right, and, and then, then you then realize shitstorm. You realize that not only has she not won, she's not won, and it's her own fault. And and then the second part about her is you kind of just like you imagined yourself with Kilgrave's powers. You kind of imagine yourself in Jessica's position, going, "How how much different would I be doing what you're doing right now?" You, you right. have that power. How much better would I be doing? Yeah, yeah I would be so much better about, than you. Like, I, I think about, you know, uh, well, it'd be great. Like, if I had Jessica Jones' powers, I could open difficult jars of pickles. <laughs> Listen, right? hold on. Or, or like, if I got locked out of my house, I could break the lock like she did three different times on her own door or <laughs> yeah. other people's doors. By the but way, then, a lot of door breaking in this show. A lot of, yeah, yeah. Um, but then you think like you look just wait. Let me, like, let me pose a question. So to you your real quick. power is that you can lift a lot of things. Here, but really, other than that, here's my question to you though. You're Jessica Jones, right? In the first episode, you've won, and then you watch the elevator scene where you know you lost. Right? Is not your next option the next day, the very next day, going out and killing Kilgrave? There's no episode three. How you've killed How? Kilgrave? How? But that's the point. They, you want to go out? Like, no, I mean you, Josh Burns. You, Josh Burns, wouldn't instantly try to go out and try to kill Kill Kilgrave. No, no, I mean, I, I guess I, I, I would. I would, like, I would. But I, how? Like, I, when I you know. look at that, no, CJ, I mean, I've thought about this. And I, the same way you just questioned me, I thought, why wouldn't she just go out and get, and then I went, well, how the fuck is she going to catch him? Like, he's, in, he's. He's invisible. He's uncatchable. And, and, and he's how much? He's everywhere and nowhere. How much is like her decision to do? You know, whatever she does over those next few episodes is motivated by her fear of being in contact with him again. Like you, you can't put yourself in that scenario because the 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 most difficult situation that we've ever had to overcome where we didn't have control over our actions is one of your wives said, "We're going to my in laws," and you're like. Okay, like, but you had a choice. Like, imagine having to do something and not wanting to do it. I first, I want you to imagine that there's absolutely no situation in my life ever since ever <laughs> that I've ever been able to just say, "No, I'm not," because <laughs> that's me, right? Not, there's 
just you know, you can ask Laura. You can ask. There's no situation Which is ever. Why that's probably scarier for you than it is for the two. Right. Of us. Where Imagine I, where I just go. Control over that. No, I'm not doing that. You're out of your mind. So anyway, this I, I get what you're saying. I, I think that the the bigger the bigger question is really like if she was so adamant about I can't you know I can't get near him because he's going to control me. Then why would she constantly put herself in? But the in, you know right in that position right because the the most the most telling scene for me was that first one where she follows Smith or I'm sorry Simpson where she follows Simpson to the place where they met and she sees him eye to eye and he looks at her and doesn't command her but sort of motions to Simpson who's about to try to walk off the roof again and then he escapes. Why at that very moment didn't she know she couldn't be controlled anymore? But the other thing you have to think about is her motivation. She she sees herself in, in that girl, Hope, and she just wants to save her any way possible. Like everything she does is to try to keep her to get her out of jail. That moment you're talking about is more of a fear motivated moment. Like she doesn't want to try and be controlled by him again. And I, I don't like, like, listen, we don't all think clearly when we're motivated no. by fear. No, but hope, hope kills herself with the stem of a champagne glass. Right. Since we're 10 episodes you know, later, we, we're not, we're, we're spoiler free. Hope kills herself with the stem of a champagne glass. And then Jessica decides to live in a house with this guy that happens after that. Yeah, but her her thing is this: after after Hope kills herself, it's I have to kill Kilgrave. Right, There's that's no other the way moment where this. he decides where she decides to. he has she has to kill Kilgrave. Everything else has been I've, I have to save Hope, I have to save Hope, I have to save Hope, and now it's I have to kill Kilgrave. So then my my question is, and and, and Hope I, killing I, I've been, herself. I've been on record saying I love this Jessica. show. So not knowing that I love the show, now I'm going to poke a couple holes in it. If if I'm in her place. And this guy's in front of me. I, I probably don't care if these two servants kill themselves because I killed him. But that's and, – and listen, there's a one part two where she's in the hospital and she's going to go get the drugs. And she goes, knock out one person for Kilgrave. That's okay. Two, all right, I can do that. Three, okay, no. Oh, now she's pregnant. That's probably four. Now a security guard. I'm out. She does look at calculated risk. And says, what good to do? And she made the decision not to knock out four people. So watching two people, you know, die, two people dying to kill Kilgrave, again, comes back to that balance, balancing the scales part. It doesn't really equal out. So I, 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 I don't know, man. I think, I think that there are, they, they, they took the character in the right direction. I think that probably there are a few missed opportunities in the story itself, like where she she could have she could have ended it, didn't so on and so forth, and I don't think that the character, I don't think her character's fluid the whole way through. I, I think I think you need to put yourself in a position uh, of somebody that you like. It, it's it's really hard because you need to know like somebody that you identify with, like that's me, like that's another version of me, and wanting the best for that person. Because that's her motivation behind the first 10 episodes 
is because I, I she sees say, herself in hope. I would say this is is to use honestly the show kind of addressed that the show really did. I mean, I, I posed the question. I, I now my brain is remembering things. I'll, I'll answer it again. It's wouldn't you go out the next day and go kill Kilgrave? And then I realized that she actually was diagnosed with PTSD. So the last thing that you're going to do in that kind of situation, knowing how crippling. PTSD can be to somebody, which is why Brian said on the roof she was focused in fear and she wasn't really thinking at that point. Is let me go confront the thing that gets that gave me PTSD. Yeah, you know it's 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 not going to happen. So you know that could be why maybe she's not fluid as much is because you know there's something really. I mean that's a strong psychological effect. No, and, and, and it takes probably, something to break it. You're probably right. I'm I'm maybe I'm thinking of it in in too like too much of a linear progression where it it should probably be for lack of a better term a little bit more wibbly wobbly, but there's there look f- my opinion in closing is I'm not crazy about Kristen Ritter but thought she did a good job. I thought that the actress that that played Trish is She's great. Uh, obviously, Carrie Ann Moss is not only good, but she does not stop getting hot, regardless of how she ages. And then uh, the uh, the performance by David Tennant is so good that it's terrifying. And a bit he gets a bit tenth Doctor, and I think that a lot of fans will like that. It doesn't help me at all in that it's you know scary now. Um, can't watch the doctor the, the same way ever. The character was was really well written, and I, I'm not sure that there are many people that could have played him better than David Tennant right. did. Um, Luke Cage, great character, very well played in the show. I'm not uh, I'm not terribly optimistic about a show of his on his own, but if it's in combination with Jessica Jones and Daredevil I'm all for it and and I think overall this is a tremendous addition to the the Netflix uh, originals I will continue I'm I'm completing it for a second time right away which I didn't do with Daredevil by the way I I only recently rewatched Daredevil so watching Jessica Jones twice in 3 weeks this is a great show the sex is, is a bit gratuitous but once you get beyond that, I think you're good. Yeah, it's one of those shows where you kind of know who you can and cannot watch it with. Uh, it's one of those things where you're very kind of mindful of that. Uh, absolutely, David Tennant was uh, amazing. Uh, I, I mean, really, there wasn't – to me, there really wasn't a bad person in the cast. I liked Kristen Ritter's performance, Josh. I you know, I, I, I disagree with you. Um, uh, Gary Amos, I'm just amazing. She she gets just like you said, just better with every role. And I'm really curious as to where Jerry goes. What's the arc that's left for her? Uh, I think that's going to be really interesting well, Brian, to watch she, that develop. She has a story that that goes through the comics. She, she is the yeah. lawyer for Heroes for Hire, which is yes. you go. the team of Power well, Man and Iron Fist. Well, and that's the question: is it's Iron Fist and and Power Man slash Luke Cage? Look, look, as long as I get more Carrie Ann Moss, I don't care. Right. And and this is definitely a show that uh, we we've talked about this before. There's some shows where you can leave on the background and still get the story and still get the experience. And I don't think this is one of those shows. It's uh, well, y- you have to watch it once, right? Yeah, afterwards you can. But yeah. the first watching, you you I mean, if you miss, if you're not paying attention, you're missing something that's well. I and I think I think I I only think the things that you're missing are the nods that Marvel has to 
to the rest of the because there are quite a few, Brian. Oh yeah, well, absolutely. And I'll say this: the most terrifying moment for me for Kilgrave, which by the way, I love the fact that they said, "What a dumb name!" What was Murder Corpse taken? Right. They actually did it twice. They well, they did another one. They said Luke Cage. I think made another joke. Right. Um, I, I love that part was when you, I still don't see him. You just see him from behind. He comes into a house and there's a family there and there's two children sitting on, on like the living room couch. Yeah. And he goes, children are, are, are seen, not heard. Better seen, not heard. As a matter of fact, they shouldn't be seen, seen or heard. Go, go to the, go closet. to the closet. And the girl goes, I have to go to the bathroom. And That's goes, fine. Go in the closet. Go in the closet. And again, still without seeing this man's face, all you just see is the back of his head and that silhouette. And then you just see this puddle coming out from the closet. I'm like, oh, I cannot. That wait. was terrifying. I cannot wait to watch you die. And then the <laughs> moment where it actually happens, I'm like, God damn it, he's dead. Fuck. Really wanted something else to happen. So it, it, it but you just want is, more. You just want more of that character. But the, the crazy the bad thing, thing is, that you as, really want. as quickly as that did happen, and and you know, we know it's it's a 13 episode show, right? But in those, you really didn't see him much. Up until say episode four or five, yeah, that's and the, then, the, the roof on Simpson with, with Simpson. That's the first time you actually see his face. And, that show. and then when you start seeing him and he sort of takes over the show and your attention, you not only do you want him to die horribly because he he evokes this this fear response in you. The viewer evokes he evokes this fear response in you, but once he's gone, you think. There's no way he's actually gone. Like he's right. he's he's gonna come back. It's gonna be bad. And as a matter of fact, I'm now gonna live in fear until he comes back. Right until I see him again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean, as far as my uh, overall impression of the of the show, you can read it because I wrote an entire review of it at thatkindofnerd.com. Um, but really, spoiler free. By the way, was that? It's a spoiler-free review. It is spoiler-free review. I tried so hard, and you're welcome for keeping it spoiler-free. So um, tell your friends because obviously you've you've listened and you watched the show. <laughs> I I thought I thought the show was fantastic. I think it's completely different from any quote unquote superhero show or project that that we've seen before. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I I loved Christopher Ritter in the role, and and just being the the fact that I read the comic books, it, it makes it more more important to me because she fits that role pretty perfectly. Um, and, but damn that the David Tennant just completely surprised me with Kilgrave and his performance. And yeah, I mean, there's so many moments and show and, and things and episodes that you can point out and say, yeah, that was, that was terrifying. And, uh, I, I, uh, I, I don't even have one particular moment because everything like was just a complete build up to just, that last episode, I, I I love that scene at the end where he he's expanded his powers and, and he's you realize that Luke Cage is still under his control, at, and that oh. moment that moment where where he repeats what Luke said to Jessica earlier in the episode and she yep. goes you were listening he's like I wrote I it wrote it and I was oh. just like oh my god just the next level like this character wasn't terrifying enough now we've taken it right. to the next level. Um, it is so amazing. So, bravo, David Tennant. I cannot watch the seasons two, three, and four of The Doctor ever again. Um, the same way. But yeah, I I thought it was fantastic. I was extremely pleased by it. 
Um, I, a question I've been getting uh, about this show in particular is how does it fit in overall in the entire Marvel Universe? And obviously there was nods to the incident. There was nods to Daredevil yep. uh, with yep. Night Nurse and everything. But they, they, I'm getting questions about how how is Jessica Jones going to be affected by the future of the Marvel Universe. And I'm going to answer that right now. I don't think she's going to be affected at all, unfortunately. Uh, with Civil War coming out, the the big thing about Civil War is that uh, Kevin Feige, who is the the executive producer of uh, most uh, all of these Marvel movies, has had to have a go between in between him and the and the CEO of Disney. Uh, his name was Ike Perlmutter. He owns uh, Marvel since the '90s, since they almost went bankrupt. And he was very frugal. He did not want to spend a whole lot of money on this project. Long story short, they booted Ike out of the of the movie making process and said, Kevin, you report to the Disney CEO now. You go ahead and spend as much money on Civil War as you want. Uh, but Ike is still involved in all the Netflix stuff. So I don't know if that is going to hurt or help this entire situation at all you might see more of a separation between the ABC shows and the Netflix shows. Uh, well, I think, I think what's, what's nice about it is that really Daredevil mentioned it without showing any allegiance or any effect from it. And then obviously Jessica Jones mentioned it without showing any allegiance or effect from it. So probably – so we, we know that Netflix at this point has Daredevil and they have Jessica Jones and they have Luke Cage and they have The Punisher – so at the very least, we know that we can have four amazing storylines. Yeah. I've just from just from these without without any effect at all, right? Because most of the Avengers stuff takes place offline. Like Hell's Kitchen, I don't know if you've ever been there. I have, and I can tell you, pretty small place. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty small part of Manhattan and and you could live there your whole life and not know what's going on outside. Right. And, and again, I, I think that's all we're going to get out of these Netflix shows is, oh, the incident with the aliens. Oh, the the Superhuman Registration Act. Like, I don't think Jessica or Daredevil are going to be affected by the future of the Marvel movie universe. Um, I, I I think they're going to be their not their own thing. They're still, there's going to be a very thin line. Yes, this all takes place in the same universe. But they're going to be very strongly connected as far as Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Punisher, Iron Fist, Luke Cage. They're all going to be connected that way. And that's about it. Um, Jessica Jones in the comic book didn't even really have a whole lot to do with the, the Civil War and the Superhuman Registration Act to begin with. She was married to Luke Cage and, and having a baby at that point. So I don't think she's going to have anything to do with future future Marvel projects besides her own. So so we've we've got... You know, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and maybe there's babies and maybe there's not. And we've got the potential Daredevil connection and we don't know what's going to happen with Punisher, although we happen. It's, you know, we hope it's it's more in the Netflix universe, so to speak, from Marvel. But actually, we, we've talked quite a bit about specifically Civil War and Jessica Jones. We've done a whole episode on these two things. We want to hear your feedback, right? You've been listening. Chime in. Call us at our Google Voice number, 
373-4119. I just want to remind love- you that when you do that, you are entered into a t-shirt drawing. And <laughs> I want to remind everybody that the cat to meal ratio in Brian's house is very low. And get your t-shirt to, you know, tell the world that fact. That's right. It, it's going to be a cat to meal ratio is very low t-shirt. We want to hear from you. 484-373-4119 or on Twitter at that kind of nerd. Ping us. Throw us your ideas. We want to hear your opinions about Jessica Jones. We want to hear what you think about the Civil War trailer. And we want to hear just basically your general opinions on life, the world, the universe, and everything. On life? I I think Nutter Butters are an underrated cookie. They're not uh, underrated. You think Nutter Butters are underrated? I think I think the Lorna Dunes are underrated. The what? Lorna Dune shortbread cookies? I don't know what you my, speak of. My daughter, my daughter calls them Lorna Doodles. <laughs> but they are Lorna Dune shortbread cookies, and in my opinion, they are the best cookie and are, in my opinion, also underrated. All right. Touche, right. sir. Well, guys, there's one more thing, too. After you go ahead and you uh, you give us a voicemail or third support on Twitter, please make sure to take our podcast survey, as mentioned before. We're looking for some feedback to make the show better. Uh, anything that you guys have to say, we take to heart. There's a couple ways to do that. You can uh, go in our show notes and take the survey there. Or you may, of course, rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, like we said earlier, there was a review for four stars, so you don't have to give us five. Just give us what you think we deserve. Uh, we take all the feedback to heart. None of it t- goes personally. We definitely want to make the show better so please uh just give us some feedback so that way we can make the show good for you it's it's really cj wants to get better brian and i know that we are perfect just the way we pretty are. much and if anyone wants to say contrary to the fact i'm never going to stop you so thank so- you so much for making us your <laughs> walk around the neighborhood or your drive to work uh i really want to hear your thoughts on jessica jones uh if you didn't watch it and somehow made it through this entire podcast shame on you uh you you probably just got shame. something pretty hard uh, anyway, see you guys. Uh, good. See you guys next week for the That Kind of Nerd podcast. So you know what I like? I, I like when. We're, I was going to say big busted women. But. I mean, yes, but there's that other part where like when we're talking, like having a conversation and the exit music is playing, it's like we're a late night show. I'm just saying <laughs> That's we, should, we should think about doing that. I more. think I, I'm not I, I got to tell you, uh, I, I'm not sure that that exit music really jives with me in general. Like you hear that little <laughs> like the soft nice exit music. Do, yeah. And do, you do, just don't do, think. Do, do. That's that's a good outro for Burns. It's really not. It's just this like and it should really be just a bit more on purpose. I think the music for me. <laughs> um, funny story. Uh, someone at work was saying how they love all the answers that I give, but they hate the answers that CJ gives. Yes, it's great to everything. Um, I have to get out of the room. Can we end our recording? Fine. Yes.